Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. GCU podcast is kicking off right now in our brand new state of the art Jack O'Hara's bedroom, which is our new studio, not Camelback Hall anymore. What is it, Jack? North Rim. The north to the rim. Grab a brush and paint me excited. We are back, baby. That was a new one. Kyle Borg and Jack O'Hara with season two of the Believe in GCU podcast. And you know, Jack, while there may not be false sports right now in this beautiful October Saturday, mid morning. We do have something to look forward to in the spring. Six sports at one time, the NCAA announced it will happen. GCU and the WAC announced it will happen. Soccer and volleyball moved to the spring semester. I'm speechless. He didn't know Slop what to say. Slap a dog, call me Berta, Kyle. I, I stole all the speechless. words. He's like, I didn't do the intro. I don't are know what sure to say. Are you sure it's seven or six? Seven if you count women's basketball closing out their season eight if you count men's basketball closing out their season yeah that's what i thought well we cover six and a half of those sports we will me and you let's do Partners it in crime let's do we'll probably never have a game together take an army to take us down we'll probably never have a game together let's face it at this point you gotta stay positive you gotta stay positive during these times to covid19 the pandemic going way longer than we thought it was gonna go uh, in 2020 put your mask on we are in studio for the first time we've been waiting for this day for like six months socially distant no of course via satellite we are back and uh what i say just put on your mask put, it you on. put yours on it's on it's, it's not on your face right, it's a chin strap sorry it's on that's probably bad for the audio but that's okay because we're tested negative. That's right. Uh, yep, we're tested negative. We got tested. So well, I haven't in a while, but <laughs> that's okay. I was I was going to cover you, but okay. Uh, we can edit that out later. So, so for the gist of people who didn't listen to season one, and if you didn't, I am not concerned with those with you? people. Yeah, what the what the heck's going on there? Go back and listen. There's like ten episodes. So we usually talk about sports on this uh, podcast, but there's no Most sports. Of the time. There's nothing going well, on. Well, that's simply just not true, Jack. We had one scrimmage. There is a women's soccer scrimmage and Camp Canyon happening. Camp Canyon uh, is very interesting. Men in black, the purple cobras, the gray dolphins, the purple cobras. I, I personally think men in black's going to win it all. That team's stacked. What's the record right now? Yeah, it's not very good. Okay. But what I my initial thoughts, I think they're like one in four or something, however many games they've played. But my initial thoughts when I saw the rosters were, wow. That team stacked. But hey, props to the Purple Cobras. I do believe they're in the lead. I believe so. I mean, the baseball team definitely doing a great job. Coach Stankowitz and his staff kind of putting this together. Everybody's getting every their reps. Um, they do it every year, uh, I believe. I, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, something this, this, year, this year it stands out a lot more because yes, there's nothing else going on. That's true. It's not flying under the radar. Yeah. Past years, it definitely has, because it definitely stands yep. out to me this year. Hopefully, we get to uh, cover their World Series at the end of the... On Halloween, October 31st. So, hopefully, I th- uh, possibly. It's did tentative. The women, did the women's soccer scrimmage get moved to the 30th? Is that I haven't I, heard is that anything. I correctly? I saw that in uh, When I Work. 
that there is a soccer scrimmage on the 30th, and we have uh, open slots to be crew members, but you're probably going to be on that call since it got canceled. Well, I would kind of hope that I get first dibs at whatever's coming up next. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> Myself and Cheyenne Rose, her last name is uh, Wicklin, but she doesn't like it. Well, so we're going to call her Wicklin. So we call her Rose. <laughs> Not on this podcast. Rose. We were on the call for a women's soccer scrimmage two, three weeks ago. It was September 24th 26th. on a Thursday. Was it 24th? In the heart of Phoenix, Arizona, yeah, on campus of Grand 24th. Canyon University. Uh, the Lopes won. Well, that's good. Obviously, because they played each other. Team Purple. Team Purple beat Team Black. Purple, Team Black, three to two. They don't have fun names like baseball. Uh, no, they did not. They went very basic. Yeah, basic. <laughs> uh, I mean, they looked good, right? Oh, yeah. New coach, new system. Getting into it. They scored five goals between the two teams. And playing with... They played 90 minutes with one sub. Two if you count the extra goalkeeper. But... <laughs> The, goal, the three goal is all kind of split time. That's going to be a fun battle to watch. It's like a good quarterback battle in camp. You got goalies fighting it out. And, you know, if you're taking over a new program, there's worse times to be in a pandemic. Oh, absolutely. This gives, this gives Coach just a little bit more time to make his final decisions and work out that starting 11. Who's going to be your goalkeeper for the year? Because last year it was... Lauren Garthwaite. Now she's off the grid, basically. Basically. We don't know where she went. But hey, that's okay. I tried. No one knows. So she wasn't very friendly. Obviously didn't build that many good relationships. What do you think of Coach Sissel? Nicest guy in the world, right? I love Coach Sissel. He's the what nicest guy I've met. It's so true. Very nice. Let us on the grass during practice. Yep. We're never allowed on the grass. Never. The grass is a no-no. But were you in the stadium for practice? No, we were on the practice field. Oh. They let you in the stadium? Yeah. What the heck's going on? Well, what is this, amateur hour? Yeah, for you, I guess. Do they not know who I am? Well, probably not. That was a cocky comment. Sorry. It's Jack O'Hara. I was uh, I was looking back Number two. at some of my reels the other day, and I was looking back at the pre-pre-show we did for men's basketball against New Mexico State last year. Get ready for more of those. Check it out on YouTube if you haven't checked it out. Get ready for more. Uh, I, did, I did an interview with Barry. Like, it was the three of us, but I was, like, going back and forth with Barry, and I asked him. You wouldn't give me the mic. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, was on, it was kind of a. It was a Ricky Bobby moment. I didn't know what to do. Um, yeah, nobody really knew what to do. That's the pre-pre-show for you. But uh, I was talking to Barry, and I asked him a question, just like, hey, uh, what's your call going to be or whatever? And he's like, oh, man, I, I don't know. And he was, like, stumped. And I went back. I took the mic back and looked directly into the camera. I was just like, that was a really good question. And I'm like, you ass. What? I'm like, man, if I could go back and do that, I probably wouldn't have done that. I just came off like a total dunghole. Who said what? Oh, you said that yeah. about yourself. Right. Oh, I missed that part. We should clarify that part. Yeah. He, he called, Would you like me to say it again for you? Yeah, but awesome. say, I called myself. You're right. So, like, if I was interviewing you, and I was just like, so, what's your call going to be tonight if the Lopes have a buzzer beater at the end? We'll see. And he was like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, good question by me, basically. Gotcha. Okay. All right. It just came off as a little weird there for a second. Just the wording of it. Just wanted to cover our bases, you know. We love Barry. We do. We love Barry. We, tell. we love the Lopes Insider podcast, too. Ah, what a podcast. Some it people would say that they're a competition to us, but I say we're friends. They probably don't even know we have this. No. Let's be real. You didn't have to say it, but... That's fine. The, view, the listeners need to know. Well, anywho... Listen to both, and don't pick a side. It's like Team Black and Team Purple. Exactly. We're all in this together. We're just friendly competition. It's, a, it's, just, the game. it's just a scrimmage, okay, everyone? 
So uh, the scrimmage, they played well. Uh, and then the next scrimmage was October 30th. October 30th, uh, baseball looking great. Uh, offense looks phenomenal. Juan Colado back from his summer in Banana Land. That's Savannah, Georgia. The Savannah Bananas, Jesse Cole Incorporated. I really want to ask him about how that summer went for him, like how different the entire atmosphere was. I do believe Dominic Kitten just had that opportunity. Yeah, I should have texted him before we came on. I mean, he's literally right next door. We could go grab him right now if we wanted to. No, it's fine. It's too much work. We've got to stop the record. Yeah, uh, we could keep it rolling just 30 minutes of dead air time before we get him. And then That's probably how long it would take. We love you, Dom. Yeah, we do love you, Dom. Dominic Kitten, ladies and gentlemen. GCU TV's very own. That's two shout-outs. Tried, to, tried to get Philip Katofmo on today's show, too, Three. as well. Uh, unavailable. He, he has his new show, uh, Northern Arizona Sports. Prep. Prep sports. Prep, prep sports. What a first episode. Wow, just shout I was out, talking about I was talking to him about that the other day. Yeah. And elaborate. How's he doing? No. He's doing amazing. He he said uh he'd uh, come down one weekend and we can do lunch or something, so and a podcast, right? Well, I guess. We'll bring the mics. That's fine. Do it along. That that thing sticks to any table. I can just bring in Chick-fil-A and we'll be good to go. Well there you go. Yeah. Well, like you split. We'll call Phil one weekend and be like, Phil. Come on. Phil, it's Cabo and J.O. Let's get in the ring together. Let's do it. We got inflatable boxing gloves. You know who else I talked to yesterday? Paul Coro. Close. Oh, now I know. Jerry Colangelo. Mr. Mr. Jerry Colangelo. For those of you that don't know Jerry Colangelo, he's got his own statue right outside the GCU arena. He's That's on the pre-pre-show. He basically is responsible for the entire Arizona sports scene here in downtown Phoenix. Owner of the Phoenix Suns. He was the owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, Arizona Rattlers as well, a team in the Canadian Football League. Uh, I'm sorry, the Canadian? Fe- the Phoenix. You want to you go back? The Rattlers of Arizona are in the Canadian football league? No, I'm saying he also owned a team in the Canadian football league. Oh, see, that didn't come off see, either. See, I am just not, you're just not understanding me today. You're not I just, picking you're up what not, I'm throwing you're down. You're not making sense. You are not picking up what I'm throwing you're down. You're not making sense. To clarify, the Arizona Rattlers are in the indoor football league. That is correct. I wasn't saying they were in the Canadian football league. Well, that's I'm what saying it sounded he was the like. Owner for the Rattlers and a team. Well, when you go back and listen, you'll hear what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Love the Phoenix. I know. You have to get on my level, okay? I'm not. Shout out Diana Taurasi. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to fight. This is our first episode back. We were having a good time before. I have more broadcasts than you. We won. Under my belt. You have 79. I have 79. At the moment, I have 79. <laughs> okay. Well, like I was saying, Jerry Colangelo talked to over. It was like 75 students yesterday on a Zoom call. Part of the Actually, GCC I think it was more like uh, over 100, wasn't it? So there was only like 75 people that joined. Oh, uh, well, I know my professor was, was part of that. Oh, uh, yeah, because he was telling us in class that they had over like 100 already. But it was set up by the GCU Sports Biz president, and uh, I want to give him a shout-out. Kent Carpenter, setting that up, did a tremendous job uh, uh, conducting that Q&A with Jerry Colangelo. I got to ask him a question about uh, picking the team name for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Well, how about because they were gonna go, they were gonna go with the Scorpions, and I guess they had a team vote. Him and his executives, and the the, the tally was six three Scorpions. And he looked up at the tallies and goes, "The team, uh, the the name of the team is the Arizona Diamondbacks." So obviously he didn't want uh, Scorpions to be the face of the franchise. So that's what I asked him. And uh, let's take a listen here, Jerry Colangelo, on the season debut of Believe in GCU. Do you believe, Kyle? 
I believe. Uh, how important do you think it is for people to get in on the, the GCU Sports Business Club as a whole with all the opportunities it has for, for students who go here at school? Well, first of all, um, everyone who would be involved in the club has a common interest, or interests, plural. And so why not? I mean, that's where you can share ideas. That's where you can share hopes and dreams. And, you know, that's the family. That's the inner family. And so I think there's nothing but positives that flow from participating within a club. Uh, and it's exciting to see how people progress during that time. One of the questions asked by one of our students at the GCU Sports Business Club was uh, during your days with the Chicago Bulls early on in your career, you kind of had to juggle two things, both in scouting and marketing, two completely different entities. How were you able to balance both, and did those two complement each other at all? No, they didn't complement one another at all. Um, but remember that the, the NBA was just a mom-and-pop league at the time. Uh, and Chicago was the 10th team uh, in the NBA at the time. It was the first expansion team of the modern era. And I guess it would be important just to put it in perspective. Uh, the cost of the franchise was $1,250,000. Uh, the payroll for that first team in Chicago was $180,000 for 12 players. Ticket prices in Chicago were two, three, four, and $5.00. The NBA offices had 22, 24 people from top to bottom. So it was very unsophisticated. As I said earlier, it was a mom and pop league, but it was about to go through an incredible uh, growth curve. And so my fortunate situation was to be involved on the bottom, um, on the basement floor, if you will, of a new expansion team. and. Um, uh, I didn't go to graduate school, but I will tell you, I, I really did attend graduate school in the trenches uh, because when I joined uh, my boss, who was in the incentive merchandising business, which, by the way, had a lot to do with my development as a promoter, if you will. His business was helping companies sell product or increase traffic, etc., and he had some big-time clients. And I was able to, to, to really learn how that whole system works. And he asked me, because of my name exposure in the Midwest as an athlete <laughs> at the University of Illinois, he asked me to be part of his dream. His dream was to bring pro basketball to Chicago. So I was able to sit in on every meeting we had with bankers, with potential investors, and again, what lessons did I learn? I learned how to put a deal together a business deal to acquire a franchise and then putting together a limited partnership and soliciting support. And every day was a learning experience. So, you know, my attitude was I couldn't wait for the next day to start. Now, I scouted because we only had six people in our front office. So you did whatever was required. Immediately after being awarded the franchise, I did hit the road. I had to get out and see some players to get ready for the college draft. Um, we got ready. We had our first season. We made the playoffs in our first year, winning only 33 games. But it was such a learning experience. And I, I feel I was really blessed to come into this. I was the youngest GM in pro sports 
when I went to Phoenix uh, to take that job. I had the Milwaukee offer on, on in hand also, but I chose Phoenix. And, you know, all those early lessons proved to be uh, things I could, I could build on that foundation. And it led to all the things that transpired uh, in Phoenix. You know, the one thing that's always sounded like a broken record to any college student as well as any businessman, period, is uh, building those relationships, making those connections, networking with individuals uh, in order to gain opportunities, per se. Uh, for you, being the youngest general manager in sports history, how are you able to uh, connect with people that you worked with at such a young age? How are you able to build that into some of your successes at such a young age? Well, um, I mentioned Chicago was the 10th team. That was in 1966. In 1967, Seattle and San Diego were added as number 11 and 12. Houston, uh, origins, their, their roots are in San Diego. They moved to, to Houston eventually. As far as Seattle is concerned, that's the Oklahoma City franchise. They moved from Seattle to Oak City. Well, those teams came in, they were looking for seasoned people or experienced people. There weren't very many people out there with any experience. I happened to be one. And so I already had opportunities uh, in that first um, expansion beyond Chicago with Seattle, but chose not to go to stay in Chicago. I was pretty loyal to having been from there, starting a team in your own hometown, blah, 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 and decided to stay. But the next year, the second year of the Bulls, when Phoenix and Milwaukee were added, I had a little bit of a different attitude. I was, I was approached by both groups, one before the expansion announcement, that was Milwaukee, and had that deal in hand. Uh, my boss in Chicago didn't want me to go. Uh, he was making promises like you're going to be, take over in two, three years. But, you know, I was 26 years old. I was a young guy. And when, when I met with the Phoenix people, and I tell the story, when I left O'Hare Airport, it was 20 below zero. Landed in Phoenix, at, which is now gone, Terminal 1. It was 75 degrees. I smelled orange blossoms for the first time. And by the end of the day... I was coming to Phoenix. So uh, I was fortunate, right place, right time. Uh, I also have a personal um, story when I say things like, uh, God had a plan for my life. That's the only thing that really makes sense to me. Um, but I was somewhat prepared in that, having been an athlete and being very competitive, um, uh, I was not intimidated by responsibility uh, and looked forward to that challenge. And so um, I had the opportunity uh, because I was one of a few young people who, who were available at the time. What is it that you'd like to see personally as the sports business world, just the sports industry in general, evolves, begins to change, obviously, with new technology involved? And things are evolving every single day. What do you look for when, uh, what do you look for in us as students and, and people who are uh, coming up the ranks uh, in the sports industry? Well, here, here's something that, that I get excited about when. I think about GCU and I think of the business school and, and the sports program in particular. 
um, quite honestly, because of age, because of when I started, um, I was part of all these things, the origination of sports marketing and all of the things that have developed from that mom and pop beginning, um, we started from scratch. And I learned, quite honestly, in the trenches. That's where I learned. We didn't have the um, availability of uh, people who had experience, who had invented whatever they did. Uh, there weren't any books to, to, to really look at uh, and learn from uh, people who had to have experiences before me. We were inventing everything. I remember uh, when we started the Bulls, which is kind of an interesting story, there were nine other teams. I called the general manager of each team and just had a list of questions for, for each of them. And I remember speaking to the GM at Detroit, of the Detroit Pistons. His name was Eddie Coyle. Nice man, good guy. Um, uh, one of the questions was, Eddie, how many season tickets do you have sold? Um, he said, 36. 36. This was a professional basketball team. They weren't even marketing. People didn't know how to market at all. So when we started the Bulls, we really did a number of things to, that were the first time anyone had thought about things like this, like putting a live bull on the back of a, of a, of a truck um, and go down Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Um, we had cowboy, the owner, the coach and myself with cowboy hats on, which was a little funny to begin with. And we were throwing out pamphlets trying to sell season tickets at noon on Michigan Avenue. I think we sold four. Learned a lesson. Learned that's not the way to do it. Um, and so we tried a lot of things. We were involved with the first giveaways. Now think about how, how big giveaways are in professional sports today. All kinds of things. You know, every team has a list during the course of a season where they're giving away 20, 30, 40 different items, balls, bats, gloves, you know, whatever. Well, none of that had ever been done before. And I learned a lesson. I had the first basketball giveaway ever and thought it would have been really kind of a neat thing for kids to come in, uh, be handed basketball, and at halftime be able to go on the court and shoot at the baskets that the pros were playing on. I didn't think about all the lost balls. I didn't think about balls going down the aisles. I didn't think about kids crying and parents being upset. Well, I've learned a lesson. You give everyone a, a ticket on the way in and they get their basketball on the way out. So you could avoid those kind of issues. But for me, it was, it was fun to learn right on the spot. And so, you know, all of the sports marketing that's being done today had its origination really back in 1966. There was nothing before that. And so I get excited to, to be able to, to talk about how things were when they started, what kind of support there was for, for this kind of thing. People, some people were against it. The NFL, by way of example, never did anything in those early years. They just sold tickets at the door, people watched it on TV, they never marketed at all. And so, you know, that's a different, it's a different world today. Think about the number of professional teams, the major college programs, the competition 
that exists today that didn't exist back in 66. And on the topic of this new generation of students and youngsters in the industry uh, looking to lead the sports industry into the future above and beyond, uh, what are some of the biggest attributes you think as, uh, again, times evolving here, uh, what do you think the biggest attributes are trying uh, to sell, market, and uh, uh, quite honestly uh, be as successful as you possibly can, whether it is in a general manager position or a sales position or a marketing position? How how uh, what are the different types of attributes that you use personally uh, growing up as you tried to uh, become a success in the industry? I think you have to develop, um, I would say, a strong reputation where people trust you, uh, believe you, uh, and you do things to not you know make sure they feel that same way, but let them judge for themselves about how you conduct your business. You know, one of the first days I was in, in Phoenix when I took the job, I don't know where this came from, but I said the following. You know, this community owes us nothing. It's up to us to earn the respect and support of the community by how we conduct ourselves in our business, on the court, in the community. How do we make our community a better place? Well, that was the beginning. And we everything I've ever done has kind of followed that statement. And so... You know, a lot of things I did, for example, when we were marketing, I'd get on the phone and I'd, I'd call businesses and I would call individuals and I was always selling. I had an open door policy where any of our fans were welcome to come in and, and visit with me. I wanted to hear what they had to say. So what is that all about? Relationships, relationships, relationships. I think I learned early on that the only way you can be successful is for people to believe uh, who you are in terms of your integrity in uh, trust, and then make yourself available so that they have the opportunity uh, to learn for themselves. And, and uh, that availability goes such a long way. So I'm going to bundle two questions here for you. Uh, one being, why the Phoenix market? Why did you uh, feel like there was a uh, kind of a hole in, in Phoenix? And why did you want to come here and kind of revolutionize uh, the whole Fe the downtown Phoenix scene? And also, uh, of course, being the, the first owner for the Phoenix Suns and as well as the Arizona Diamondbacks, you told a story. And I wanted to know this personally, uh, the story behind the Diamondbacks name because you actually came down to two names, the Scorpions and the Diamondbacks. You talked about this on campus a few years back and uh, the Scorpions was the overall favorite in the office and you overruled uh, uh, the team and went with the Diamondbacks. What, why, why did you like the Diamondbacks over the Scorpions? Well, first of all, when I came to Phoenix for that first visit back in 68, um, what I saw was kind of a, a a western community like a town it wasn't a big city and I saw like an empty canvas and so in, in my mind the way I the way I think it was well there isn't any history here whatever I would do it's a blank canvas and I have a chance to paint my own picture my own my own study if you will so I like that I love that that fact that anything we would do would be something done for the first time pioneers in our own in our own way uh, you mentioned the uh, naming of the baseball team 
Well, we had a contest through the newspapers, and I think we had over 50,000 entries, and many of them were redundant, uh, but there were names all over the place you can imagine. Some were very funny, some weren't, um, but we got through a process where we got it down to, you know, like 100 that we felt were maybe the 100 best, and then we got it down to 50 and then 20, and then eventually four, and eventually two. And, and we had artwork done by uh, people who really were very creative in that development. And the two finalists were the Scorpions and the Diamondbacks. And so uh, the final decision was going to be made in my offices downtown. Um, my office is at the arena that we built downtown. Um, and I had nine people who were going to vote. Uh, they were people that were part of my organizations and that I had trust in who had knowledge and um, people that I thought would give us, you know, some real input. And I said, I'm not voting, but I'll count the votes. So after the last two presentations, again, to see Diamondbacks in all its colors and so forth, and the same with Scorpions, I passed out the ballots, collected them, and the score was Scorpion 6, Diamondbacks 3. I looked at the results and I said, the name of the team is the Diamondbacks, period. And that's how they were named. I couldn't think of our, of our, our thing being a little scorpion, squishy little thing that I didn't like. Diamondbacks had a, had a lot of play in it. It wasn't just Diamondback Rattler. That's not it. The, the baseball diamond, think about that. It had a lot of a uh, lot of impact. I knew it would be shortened to D-backs or something like that. Uh, and I'm glad. I think we picked the right name. I really do. And I'd agree. In the long run, I definitely agree. Uh, another question that we have here is: How do you balance uh, work and home life, work and personal life? Because again, uh, the overall goal I think is to be satisfied with what you're doing, uh, being happy overall with who you are as a human being, uh, and it's what you're working for. Obviously, personal life, uh, wife, kids, just having a family uh, in general. How do you balance uh, how busy you are with everything that you did on top of uh, raising a family and doing all that stuff well it's a challenge there's no question about that and you know in terms of giving advice to people I can give a lot of advice that comes freely um, but you know I've been married to the same woman for 60 years and so that in itself is a major statement um, but it's very difficult when people young people are, are trying to climb the ladder putting in long hours etc and all I can do is, is continually uh, try to <clears throat> advise them that you have to have a balance in your life. You know, what are the important things in life? It's your faith, it's your family, and then comes work. Sometimes when there was, a, there was an article in the paper many, many years ago by, um, um, it's slipping my mind now who, who wrote it, but it was all about the how you prioritize and uh, how you must keep your things in order, starting the way I said, faith, family, business. And so if you can keep that in mind at all times, I think it, it goes a long way toward giving you the balance you need. 
actually the uh, the author of what I was describing was Billy Graham, and uh, he used to have a column, a syndicated column, in most newspapers around the country. A lot of great wisdom, and uh, so that that's something that has always been very important to me. Uh, do you look back at your career and think like, okay, I probably would have done that differently if I can go back? And I'm sure you have. Uh, but if you could go back and talk to a younger version of yourself, uh, what would you say to them? Um, you've heard this before. Um, most people, when they get on an age and they say, well, what would you do differently you know, than what you did previously? Um, most often, what you hear is I would spend more time with my family. Um, you know, in my later years, I've had the, the opportunity to do that. Um, but being honest with myself, um, I thought I was spending a lot of time with family, but it could have been better. What would your advice be to young aspiring students? I don't even have to be students, just young uh, people in the business looking to get into uh, the sports industry that just have a tough time breaking in because there aren't that many internships or jobs available, especially right now. But just put COVID aside. I mean, case in point, uh, people are just having a flat out tough time finding jobs right now. But in a normal world, in normalcy, uh, people have uh, a tough time. Some people have it easier than others, but some people have a tough time breaking breaking into the sports industry, uh, what would be some advice that you'd give for those people battling that adversity early on as they try to break into their careers? Yes, and, and, and I hope everyone kind of understands this. I'm not trying to appease anyone. I'm not trying to shirk that off at all. I think I know how important it is for each and every one of the students looking ahead to their futures, looking ahead to the jobs that they hope are going to be there. Um, I guess what I, my recommendation and my thoughts on this issue is you need to be patient right now. This year, 2020, is a year to forget in so many ways. We've had so many issues um, well beyond just the, the COVID. Um, and, and so um, it's a difficult time right now. It's a hard time but kind of look at it as an opportunity to grow. Prepare yourself for when things are going to change. Now, how do you do that? You know, on our campus, we've got a great faculty at the School of Business. We have people, we, have, we bring in people to, to uh, share, you know, with the students so that you, they can have a great opportunity to learn by those who preceded them. So this is a time to, to prepare, put it in put it in second gear or third gear in terms of, of prepping yourself for when do the opportunities are going to present themselves. It may look bleak right now, but it will get better. It absolutely will. So, you know, I could say things like study hard, develop relationships, look at every opportunity, try to be as creative as you can be. For when the time comes, you're ahead of the pack. And that was Jerry Colangelo. I'll, I'll welcome us back, and I know you wanted wow. to. I'm sorry. We were not on the same page once again there. Uh, so we talked about women's soccer. We talked about baseball. Those are basically the only two things going on. We should probably mention... Uh, all the new things going on. Obviously, the last time we talked way back in uh, May, got to go in the probably. in the hot tub time machine to go all the way back there. But we talked about obviously Coach Bryce Drew, Molly Miller. Basketball is slated to start 
November 25th, right? Still waiting on that, like, official official. I mean, yeah. they, have their, they have their schedule out that they were going to play if they were playing a normal season. So. I mean, I, we're I, waiting for the updated version. Does anybody know what's going to happen beyond Thanksgiving in general here on campus? Like, so if you go, if you opt to go home for Thanksgiving, they don't want you coming back. No, you have to because you have to finish the semester. Yeah, but wasn't that like the big thing? I know that's a thing for a lot of schools. Like yes, but we're doing the opposite. Oh, because we're just we're trying special. to be different. Dare to be different, you know. But I, I heard from a few people that in a few weeks they're going to make up their minds on possibly sending us home past Thanksgiving break and then coming back in January. These are just rumors, of course, speculation. Could be fake news, but there are rumors out there. Well, we did that get that email about next semester. That, that's basically a normal start, though, January 4th. But that first week's going to be online. Okay. So you can kind of move in anytime during that first week. And then, you know, it'll be online. And then at the moment, they're still going to do the hybrid. But they're going to start with the yeah. hybrid and not do the three weeks online. Yeah, like so not as drastic as the fall semester. Right. But, hey, we've only had 36 positive total that's what cases they say. since August 1st. They that's, could be under-exaggerating. but That's not that's bad. Me. I like those numbers. I mean. Compared to ASU's numbers, take it any day of the week. Valid. But, yeah, let's talk more about basketball. So women's basketball, new head coach, new philosophy there. It was, um, what's her name? I don't even remember her name. Nicole Powell. Went to Riverside, right? Nicole Powell. Nicole Powell left. She had, what, one year left on her contract? Got up and left? Is that what happened? I don't know what happened. That's not important. What's important is Molly Miller. That's right. Great segue. Thank you. I try. I have those every now and then. We talked about Molly Miller when she first got hired. We did a podcast when she first... Yep, her and Drew. We talked about them both. Yep. But we don't need to talk about them. We can just talk about basketball, what it's going to look like, that we don't really know. Here's hoping that there are some level of fans allowed into the GCU arena for home games. Yes? You'd think so. We would Like hope. every other um, row... I've been in the arena to get food, and it seems like they have every other row cut off. Mm, okay, probably, probably space. Probably chapel, but like, yeah, I don't know what probably seats in between. Be. I wonder if basketball will be different, though. Totally going to be A different. lot more people. It's going to be different. Well, yeah. they can't fill it. I know, but there's, in general, there's going to be a lot more people trying to come in for men's basketball than there would be chapel. Yeah, I think you're going to have to do, like, physical tickets just to... Keep it. I still don't think women's basketball will have issues when it comes to that. They don't draw in quite as many people. No, but hopefully everybody real... gets some level yeah. of fans. And who knows? What Soccer, unfortunately, did not. 6,000 well, seat capacity. They will not have any of those this fall for their scrimmages. <laughs> I think I said that on the broadcast. Hopefully I got a few chuckles. If not, I apologize. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? You say some controversial stuff, and, uh, you know, you just got to put one foot in front of the other. And, just uh, uh, keep on trucking. Yeah, that's right. But uh, bigger news, men's basketball-wise, as Bjorn Mitgard and Sean Miller-Moore yesterday just got cleared to play this season. Both going to be seniors, so both only with their one-year eligibility. Of course, as Bjorn transfer from Wichita State, part Seven of that mass exodus. Part of that mass exodus from... Wichita State this past offseason. We won't talk about that drama. But 
And then Sean Millamore transferred from Oregon State. Uh, top 15 in field goal percentage last year with a, at least a minimum of 50 shots. <laughs> Didn't average a whole lot, but, man, was he efficient. Now, you're roommates with uh, one of our very special uh, Manager team friends. managers, Ethan Cisneros. Congratulations, just recently engaged. Uh, yep, sadly couldn't make it today. He's currently at the facility. I'd clap, but Kyle gave me the hand mic, so I'm, my hands are a little tied, Ethan. I apologize. Thank you. We'll clap for Ethan, I guess. That one's more sensitive, too, so he probably heard it. Uh, but your roommates with him. You talk to him. What's the atmosphere like? Is everybody saying it's a complete 180 from Dan Marley? Yeah, it's great. You want to elaborate on that? Not really. I'm not sure how much I, I want to share. I mean, all you got to do is say it's, it a, good. it's a better it's, atmosphere from I last year. I wouldn't say it's a better atmosphere. It's a different, different atmosphere. atmosphere. I mean, but I feel like obvious. a lot of people were walking on eggshells last year. Well, in certain scenarios, where yeah. this year it's a complete like faith is involved a lot more. Yep, is that safe to say? Oh, most definitely. Every yeah. assistant coach and coach Drew all very deeply rooted in the faith, which is a good thing. And now I think uh, all pretty much every coach at GCU is to some extent, because Coach Sissel is. Uh, I think Coach Miller is. I don't remember if that was really in there or not, but. I mean, you got to think. I would right? assume Coach Shellis, of course, Tim, Matt, Matt Worley, and definitely Coach Ann Pearson of softball. Are we forgetting anybody? We've mentioned all the coaches, right? Tennis, Greg Prudhomme. That's right. Swim and dive. I don't oh, know his geez. name. Track and field. Should probably know their names. They're champs. This is bad. They're they're like four time repeating cut champs. Block. We'll cut that all out. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack can cut that out in post. I don't know, but you know, but Matt, basketball is going to be fun. I think. Yeah. They get, uh, what did I see? Uh, a 25 game schedule if they play three, two to three, something like that, games in their multi team tournament mm-hmm. that they'll go to. I don't know what that, that hasn't been officially announced yet or anything. But when hopefully that gets announced very soon. Yeah. And uh, so Pac-12 basketball is coming back, right? Yep. But are we not playing any Um, I, I don't know officially until that schedule comes out. Because it's still but, canceled on our site. But it could be back just because it was supposed to happen in December, and since they can start earlier, like, they could still work out a date to play, and I think both sides would want to do that. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. But, of course, that's probably the biggest game of the non-conference schedule. If you only let fans in for... Two games this season. It should be Arizona and State gonna and New Mexico here. State. Originally, people weren't going to be here. That was supposed to be during well, Christmas break, and now we're unless they send back people home, and, unless we send people home, of course. But I don't think they. I are. wonder if we could stay for that. If we could work, well, extended housing. Yeah, I mean, if they're sending everybody, I home, would personally though. rather be in. Yeah, but, but hopefully, pre- if pre-show, we, and then we go into the stands, which well, yes. seems like we did last year. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Talk crap behind Frankie Munoz's back, like we did last year. All right, let that go. You need to let that go. Hey, the proof is in the pudding. The Nobody was talking there. crap about Frankie Muniz. It definitely, like, and uh, for those of you that uh, are like, what the heck are they talking about? There's a picture of Frankie Muniz and a defender for the season one Arizona Coyotes. And uh, there's a picture of them on the GCU Lopes Instagram page. And if you zoom in closely from the middle, you could see Kyle and I uh, leaning in talking about something. And it definitely looks like we were talking crap about Frankie Muniz. Probably not. I love, I love Malcolm in the middle. I uh, love Brian Cranston. Shout out Breaking Bad. But uh, everybody's getting a shout a good out on episode one definitely of season wasn't a good two. Look. I know. Hey, there's two sports to talk about. At the moment. They kind of tied our hands on this one. 
So yeah, I can't wait till next semester when we have like three hour episodes. Talking if we about ever it. get to have an episode again, and see, we might not even have time. I know. <laughs> we're we're recording at like two in the morning. We could be next semester. Pre-game in the booth. There you go. It might have to be. I mean, do you believe Via that we satellite. can get it done? I don't I know. We can get it done. I don't know. But yeah, basketball, that'll be fun. Then we'll have stuff to actually talk about November 25th. I know. Through I cannot wait till women's basketball broadcasts. I just can't wait for basketball to be back. I just can't wait to I need be college able to basketball back in my do life. Do something. I know. The Yankees lost last night, Kyle. Yeah, it's about I have time. No more baseball left. You know what? I don't know if I'm more happy that the Yankees lost or to the fact that somehow the Astros are in the ALCS. <laughs> they went 29 and 31 in the regular season. They went under 500. We love expanded playoffs. Yeah, but you know what? They're going to win the World Series. You watch. They're just going to give it to everybody. Be like, say that about me now. You know, like, how you're probably sketchy, still cheated. you know how sketchy it is? How, like, I mean, one of the best teams in baseball the past three years comes out that they're cheating. And I don't think anybody would uh, uh, believe that they didn't cheat last year or the year before that. No, they definitely have been. In 17, they definitely did, but 18 and 19, they got off scot-free. I think they cheated both years. Because this year, year, I thought they were going to come out. It's like, okay, they cheated. They're a bunch of scumbags. However, they're still a really good team. You know, they got Altuve, Springer, Correa. They're all great hitters. they all have terrible numbers this year. Yeah, they all hit well over 300 the past three years. Altuve hit 204 this year. Well, yeah. How does that happen? Because when you know, I mean, you still have to hit the baseball. Don't get me wrong. Hitting a baseball is hard. But when you know... That it's going to be slower or faster, it makes it slightly easier to hit the baseball. I know, but like all their numbers were abysmal. They go under 500 after they get caught for all of this stuff. It's a terrible look. They still make the playoffs, and then the playoffs come around, and they're the Houston Astros again. They absolutely pummeled the A's and the Twins. I mean, everybody pummels the Twins in the playoffs, but that's fair. But they are well. There will be a new World Series champ, and I'm going to. I'm going to ride the train until there is a new champ crown. Go Nats, all right? The Nats are still the defending champs. That's right. I'm ride gonna, or die with DC Sports. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride that until there is a new champion in October this year. The Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, congratulations on their Stanley Cup Can the Rays get it done? The Rays dude, could be. Tampa Bay, dude. The heart of Florida. Tampa is real Florida. Then they just need the Bucks to win the Super Bowl and... Holy what crap, a year, dude! Holy, crap. and that's very viable. With uh, uh, he struggled though. Brady struggled. I mean, yeah, uh, Thursday night was a great game against the Bears, and they lost. Yeah, by a field goal. Because Brady couldn't get it done. Is age finally catching up to Tom? Yeah, you should announce that. Hot then, take. Then he'll, <laughs> then he'll literally go off on a nine-zero run. That's fine. It helped my fantasy team. <laughs> One of my three fantasy teams. Hey, how are you doing in the gentlemen's league? I haven't checked. Two and two? I think so. I'm two and Matt two just well. obliterated me. Jack's roommate obliterated me last the, the week. The trophy is uh, currently in our bathroom. Yeah, it was waiting a for nice a new, trophy. Waiting for a new winner. I won three years ago. So why do you still have the trophy? Because my buddy who won it last year just sent it back. Or the guy who won it two years ago just sent it back to me, so I have to send it to the new champion. I got to get the name plaque and everything. It's a whole thing. It's a whole mess. Yeah, so if I end up UPS, winning this FedEx. league, I'm not sending this trophy back. I'm probably just going to keep it forever. Yeah, I'm probably going to lose it, honestly. It's my biggest fear. It's looking like Phil might win it. GCU TV's Philip Catalfamo. Well, you know, the voice of GCU TV's team needs to do a whole lot better. That's uh, all I got to say. I know. It's a very cocky name, by the way. 
Yeah, well. Not as cocky as Dollar Store Jack O'Hara. <laughs> Shout out Phil again. Well, my other fantasy league, I what last year I was the defending champs, got bounced in the semi. So now this year I'm the Avengers. I have to avenge my championship in that league, and I am 0-3. <laughs> it's not looking good. <laughs> no, it is not. Well, good luck with all that. Yeah. Plus, I got that other league going on. I got three leagues, and that one's terrible, too. We get it. You got a lot of friends, all right? No, the ones just work with my dad. I'm in my dad's work league. We'll see when we're back with episode two of season two of the Believe in GCU podcast. It's presented by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast for professionals based in the city of Los Angeles. Do we have promotional talking points that we need to do? We don't. We currently do not have any MyBookie or Christmas ads that we got to do. We so Christmas ads? We did. Oh. Did you even listen to our episodes? I did. I Gosh, did. Dang it. All summer. Fork balls, Kyle. I'm sorry, everyone. I'll probably just retire after this episode and just be a guest at this point. We're just going to hand the mic over to Jack, which he's already holding. He let me do the intro today, so that was fun. And I thought you did an excellent job, buddy. I thought Keep it I up. did, too. Keep it that up. Was, it was a really good intro. Leave your feedback. Leave your comments. No, don't do that. We don't want to hear your comments. I am going to uh, <laughs> turn off the YouTube comments. <laughs> Finally. We don't need to get into that again. No, we do not. Uh, that being maybe, said. Maybe a later episode. Uh, Number one. One of season two. Of season two. Believe in GCU from the North Rim Apartments on the campus of Grand Canyon University. In the heart of PHX, baby. AZ. Do you believe? I believe. Jack, do you believe? I asked you. I believe. Man, this is fun. It's good to be back. Amazing to be back. Hey, if we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. See you later. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.